welcome to the Goat Channel Podcast. Welcome back to the Goat Channel Podcast. This morning, Monday morning, and it's about 20 degrees, so still cold mornings, but it looks like we're going to get some 50s, 60s, you know, in the afternoon, sunny for a week. So trying to get some golf in, that's for sure. Some filming in, and go from there. We're going to talk about. I know for sure we're going to talk about the All Star Game. I don't know what else I have really on the agenda. The All Star Game is definitely going to be on there. And I had a few other things in mind that I blanked on, but I'm sure after I talk about the All Star Game, um, let's start off though. In the NBA, but let's talk about the Blake Griffin going to the Nets. Now, I don't know. I think it's, uh, I'd say that's about a wrap for the league. Uh, I don't know. It's not the same Blake Griffin, but he actually has, he's added a lot of skill to his game over the years, so he's not the same player. As, you know, the Blake Griffin who started and just dunked on everybody and that's all he can do. Um, He's added some, you know, levels to it. He hadn't dunked this year, but I almost feel like... I almost feel like he he just hasn't... I don't... I feel like it's because he's on a bad Pistons team, honestly, like... Uh, so I think we'll we'll really see a little bit better Blake than the Pistons Blake this year. I mean, the last time he played a season, his numbers were great. Then last year he was injured some, and then this year he hadn't played well. He is older, uh, but the last time he really played, wasn't injured or anything, he put up really great numbers. So... You know, I think that's the route. I, I feel like that's how he's going to play. Um, we'll kind of see. Well, it's a wait and see kind of thing. You, you never really know. But that's my feeling is that's how he'll play. Uh, so, yeah, that's that that's going to be pretty big for the Nets. They still don't have defense. Now, you know, they still have to outscore their, their opponents or whatever. But... I mean, they should easily be putting up 120, 130 a night. So as long as they can keep those other teams under 120 or 130, which has been an issue for them. Um, But as long as they keep them under that, then they're going to be perfectly fine. That's with a healthy Kevin Durant back. but they got five former All-Stars in the starting lineup, so that's a pretty tough, pretty tough starting lineup. Um, obviously, DeAndre Jordan, one, I don't think he's he's got it anymore anyway. I don't think he's, I think he's lost some athleticism. That's what he was good at. Um, that's, that was kind of his game. But uh, the other four, I think, are still talented enough that they're going to bring a lot to that team. Um, another player for them that's huge is Joe Harris. Uh, Joe Harris is really huge for that team. Um, 
I don't even know if Blake Griffin will actually start. I don't know if they'll go. I don't think they'll go with that big a lineup. They'll probably go with Harris and then have Blake, maybe Blake coming off the bench or something. I don't know, but uh, still a very good solid lineup. Uh, probably eventually DeAndre will probably be actually the one who'll be out during crunch time and stuff because he's not going to score you a basket. So that's that's going to be a big helper for the Nets. I mean, we talked about the the Harden acquisition on here, and I didn't think it was a huge deal, but, you know, he's played well. They still have to outscore people, so I would have thought still other teams had a really good chance, but Griffin, if Griffin looks anything like the Blake Griffin of the uh first year with the Pistons there. I think it was the first year with the Pistons or at least his last healthy season. If he looks anything like that, they're going to dominate the league, I think. Uh, but yeah, the, the All-Star game was last night. They had the Skills Challenge which Sabonis won. And Sabonis is already two, two All-Stars. I mean, the kid's young and he's already has two All-Stars. So, he's constantly... I mean, he's kind of getting... He's going to start a conversation, you know, of how good he is. Um, second All-Star appearance already. And won the skills challenge. So, it'll be interesting to see what he uh, ends up doing over his career. But, I mean, to be a youngster, like... He's under 25 for sure. I don't know his exact age, but... Uh, I know he, he's under 25, so being that young, already two All-Stars appearances, he could have plenty more. And if he starts getting more, um, you're going to hear his name a lot more. Uh, I, I think it's where he plays with the Pacers, though. You don't you don't hear a lot of names from the Pacers, though. Over the years, there have been a few, but there's not a lot of names you talk about from the Pacers. Even when they're playing well, it just doesn't seem like they get talked about as much. Like, Paul George obviously it was a big name with the Pacers but I felt like he got talked about a lot more after he moved around to different teams so uh, yeah so Sabotis though is is having a good career start to his career um, then so he won the skills challenge and then the three point contest was exciting it was just fun to watch but um it would have been cool to see Dame Lillard in it. But, because, you know, Dame Lillard. Dame Lillard's that dude. I mean, I don't think he's Steph Curry, and I don't think he changed the league like Steph Curry did or anything. But, Dame Lillard's really solid. And, could really shoot it. Um, and he's, he's pretty underrated. And he shoots from pretty far out. But, Curry kind of started that trend for these guys to start practicing that shot and get better at it and actually shooting in game. So that's why I think Curry one is the better shooter and two just change change the league. He just absolutely, you know, Curry Curry put this league in a different place and just completely changed it. Which that's why he's going to be one of the top players ever, and that's why he's a. I mean, he's an easy Hall of Famer because of MVPs and stuff, but that's why he's going to be considered kind of an icon of the game 
uh, because the way he changed it, he was the first real guy who was just shooting all over the floor um, from as deep as that was. Now, there was other guys, obviously, who were shooting threes, Reggie Miller, Ray Allen. Uh, but Curry's changed kind of the range of uh, the smoothness, the amount they make during the season. And uh, so, yeah, Curry's going to – so speaking of that, Curry – it was Conley, Curry, and Tatum who made the finals. Um, and Curry put up, I think, 31 in the first round and was just kind of on fire. The second round, he kind of started off real slow. Um, he was the last one to go. So Conley, before him, up, put a solid 27 up. Um, a real solid 27 because he started off kind of slow himself picked it up, started hitting it, you know, draining it, and splashing it on in there, and he has like a weird little curve it looks like on his baller, or the way it spins, but it goes in, and so anyway, Conley went with for 27, Tatum had a low score of I think 17 or something, I don't know, it was a lower score, um, and then Curry came up, started off slow, didn't think he was going to catch him. I think he nailed either the corner or the last rack. He started nailing them. Maybe he nailed four out of five in the last rack or something. But it came down to the last ball, the money ball. And he splashed it home for a, uh, you know, he splashed it home for what would be considered the game-winning shot, basically. And it was... It was clutch. It was prime time. Um, honestly, it was pretty awesome to see. And so, he, uh, there's a bunch of cops behind me. I just wonder what they're doing. But, uh, yeah, he, he's, he's probably the best shooter of all time. He's won two of these things. There has been players beat him in it, but he's still, you know, He's so fun to watch. I think that's one thing, too, he brings to the game. It's not just how far he shoots. It's not just how far he shoots out. It's not how good of a shooter he is. That man's a legit, like, excitement to the game. He'll shoot from anywhere. He'll shoot everything. And he's just that good. Like, but he brings that excitement to the game that that you need, though, and that passion and that, like, enthusiasm when he makes those threes. And I think that's what also sets him apart from a lot of guys. He's this skinny guy who's blasting threes and celebrating. Uh, a lot better than people thought he was going to be. But, yeah, he won the three-point contest. And what what I'd consider a pretty exciting three-point contest. Uh, The skills challenge wasn't too exciting. Three-point contest was pretty exciting. And it seems like it's gotten more exciting than the dunk contest now or anything in typical All-Star Weekend fashion. Uh, Again, so they did all these this year in one, one day. Uh, which wasn't too bad of a thing, but obviously we want to get back to the real thing, the real deal, the whole weekend and parties and 
you know, all that good stuff and have it all spread out uh, because it is an all-star weekend vibe instead of a one-day thing. But So he, uh, so the three-point contest was probably the best thing of the weekend uh, or the day. So then you had the game which practically, I think we all knew how the game was going to go, really, though. Um, you know, the guy, I'm, that team LeBron was stacked. I mean, that's a stacked team right there. You had LeBron. LeBron didn't even play much. He uh, he played 13 minutes in the first half and didn't play at all in the second half. The So he gave the young guys a lot of playing time, which, which was probably by decision. I'd say he was just like, yeah, give these young guys some some playing time, uh, which is always good. I mean, this guy's 36. He's been to a bunch of them. He didn't necessarily want to be even be at this one because, you know, it's in the middle of a pandemic and, you know, all the negativity surrounding it and kind of why they had it and all that stuff. So he didn't necessarily want to even be there. So, you know, he let other people play. And it was fun seeing him him and Curry on the floor when they got to be on the floor. But the first quarter, I think they lost by, or they won by one point. The second quarter is when they really just blew it open and it wasn't close. The third quarter um, was pretty tight for a while. And I don't know what it, I think it ended up being a one-pointer in the third quarter too. But... Like I said, the second one, I think they won by, like, 20. And then, by the final quarter, they have to go to a certain point, which I think they add... They add 24. I think... I think they add... They add 24 to the final... Well, to the winning team score um, to come up with the uh, final score that you have to attain. So, you know, you don't play a whole quarter anymore. Uh, which is an interesting concept. I don't know how they came up with that. But, yeah, that's... Uh, but, yeah, that's how they do it now. So, you add 24 to that. The score was 170. They ended up... Team LeBron ended up winning... And Dame Lillard showed out in the last few seconds. Uh, but yeah, it, it was a fun. It was a fun game. Giannis was MVP. Solid, solid little All Star game. Not too exciting though. Last year was a little more hard fought, a little more exciting. But that team wasn't as good as LeBron's team. LeBron did a better job drafting, better skill players. Basically, it was just a better team. I mean, if you think about it, they had guys who have won eight MVP awards or something. I don't know what the other team had, but eight MVP awards, three guys with multiple MVPs on that team. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's what's pretty exciting about it, too, is watching Giannis play with those guys. But it's almost like LeBron kind of passed the torch a little bit, uh, I hope that's not the case. I hope he gets captain again next year. I hope he does, you know, keeps being an all-star. Uh, 
because to me he's the greatest player of all time and I'm a big fan of his a big collector of his when we talk about sports cars and when we talk about that stuff on this channel and this podcast is like I collect all that stuff of his too and so I, I hope this admit but it almost felt like a passing of the torch way he didn't play much and all that good stuff so that was the game then we have to talk about the halftime now the halftime you saw the dunk contest the dunk contest man it was some years is good some years it's not this year it was okay um there was nothing wrong with it some of the stuff they did were was pretty neat pretty different you know the first dunk was probably actually one of the best dunks and it got rated scored low low i don't know what they were thinking Cassius Stanley with that dunk showed out and then he tried to go under the leg both legs with a dunk failed and gave a bad dunk and a second dunk attempt which put him out of it then Anthony Simmons Simons uh, who I think I think he still got a chance to be a good pro because he has that athleticism and he also can shoot and play around the perimeter. I think he still got a chance to be pretty solid in the league. But he, uh, I'm trying to think, he did his first dunk was he had a mini dunk basketball goal at 12 feet. So he jumped to 12 feet, grabbed the basketball off the mini goal, and then dunked it into the real goal. Solid concept. Jumping 12 feet is legit. If you can get up to 12 feet and grab the ball, then you're doing something right. Uh, it would have been cool if he could have grabbed it. I mean, he's only 6'3", so it would have been cool, though, if he could have grabbed it and jammed it a little harder because uh, he didn't get a lot of force or anything on it. But it still, still worked out for him. Pretty big score. Uh, the second best score in that very first round of dunks and then OB Toppin did a pretty solid dunk which actually got the highest um, his was more creative than necessarily a huge dunk but he basically went between his legs on a bounce pass <coughs> when he was near the goal and then dunked it pretty solid dunk not bad and then Simon's second dunk, Cassius Stanley's second dunk was just a regular dunk because he couldn't, he failed on his attempt to really show out with the under the legs dunk. Anthony Simons uh, did the T Mac at the dunk contest or tried to. He wore the T Mac jersey, uh, threw it up, and did the, I think it was the Tomahawk. And, or between the legs, Tomahawk or whatever. And it wasn't good. It wasn't nearly as good as Team Matt, but it was still it was still good enough to get him on to the next round. Um, I can't remember what Toppin did, but he definitely went to the next round. And in the final round, he didn't do anything impressive at all. Um, Can you see? Uh, 
but yeah, he, he didn't do too much that was impressive. And Simons, Simons wasn't super impressive either. I, I'm trying to think of what he did. Oh, Simons was, and it was a cool concept. It would have been a little bit cooler if he could have got like actually kissed the rim, but he got up to rim height and acted like he was going to kiss the rim. Really didn't get that close. He was probably about a foot away. Um, uh, maybe six inches. Could, foot or six inches away still. So he didn't actually kiss the rim. But still a solid, solid showmanship. And you got to be athletic and, and get up that high. So yeah, I think that's why he won. And then... Uh, Toppin did just like a between the legs. He tried to go closer to the free throw line. If he would have done it from the free throw line, he would have won. Uh, but he didn't. Like, I think he he was well within the free throw line. So, that's, uh, so it, it was okay. Um, Anthony Simons won. I think he'll be eventually be a really good player in the league. Can't wait to see it. And because he's still a youngster, he's still 21. I mean, those were guys that were 21, 21, and 23. Um, so, as a young dunk contest, and kind of thrown, kind of thrown together. Uh, overall, All Star Day wasn't terrible, but I'm ready for it to split up the guys to be more engaged into it because you could tell a lot of guys weren't really engaged in it and, you know, put on a better show next time. Another thing I want to hit on real quick while we... Subscribe, like, by the way. Go to the YouTube channel. Go to the podcast. Check it out. All that good stuff. Uh, But one one last thing, I guess, because I've been kind of stumbling through this trying to explain the All-Star Weekend to you. But one of the things I wanted to hit on, too, was the golf the Arnold Palmer Championship and Bryson DeChambeau won and man he's uh, that guy's good I know you know this is his 8th win and I know people don't really like the way he goes about it um but I think he plays with kind of this free spirit of it and like kind of this passion for golf. And he wants to get bigger and stronger and better and hit it further and faster. And You know, I don't know why. People don't really like that. People don't like his excitement when he hits it that far. And, you know, there might be other reasons why people don't like him. But I think he's, I think I'm a huge fan of his. I've become a big fan of his recently. He absolutely... you know, strokes balls, and when he hits it hard and gets into it, I I believe it pumps people up, and I don't know what hole it is at the Bay Hill, but the hole where if you could drive it 344, you'd hit it on the green, because you're cutting out all the water. And I think he hit it 344 a couple times, but he didn't go quite for the green. He cut off quite a bit, though, with probably, I don't know, 50-yard chip shot in or a pitch shot in. 
So he's, uh, you know, he's starting to change the game. His putting, he's very good when he gets those green books. So, and he's very good at reading the green books and using the green books. And that's what's pretty cool about him also is he's very good with the green books. Um, so, yeah, he's very good reading the green books. The only, the biggest thing he needs to work on in his game I would say the biggest thing he needs to work on in his game is basically just getting getting better with the wedge shots. I wonder if I can get in there. I guess not. But yeah, the best thing, like, the one thing he can work on is his wedge shots. And if he gets those wedge shots down... And gets better at those. This parking situation today is a mess. Uh, but yeah, if he gets better at the wet shots, and like his irons aren't too bad, but it's it's kind of those wedges in. If he figures out his wedges in. He'll be winning tournaments all the time and be number one in the world, probably. But he did win this one. That's all that matters. You win. You start winning. So I'm pretty excited about where he's going. The longer he hits it, the better he'll probably be. But this is his eighth total win. He's won a major. So I think, and he's 20, I don't know what it, how old he is. He, he's fairly young still, though. 27, I thought they said. Maybe 28, something something in that area. So he's fairly young. Um, getting better, it seems like, all the time. Training all the time. I think his last tournament wasn't very good. Maybe his last two tournaments or something. But I, I feel like that was a lot of rust just coming off. Uh, now that he got all the rust off, he came out and played really well and you know kind of put on a show excited the fans fans were back i don't I, I felt like it was a packed crowd you could hear the fans cheering and stuff so i don't know how many they let in but you know fans back in golf pretty exciting especially the what i call the tiger effect tiger brought these fans you know before fans would cheer but now it's almost like there's fans there that'll absolutely go crazy, you know, get really into it, and, you know, be cheering loudly and like, you know, on a different level of excitement. And so that's, uh, and so, yeah, that's pretty cool. I think that's what's cool about it. Those fans are back and man, they were they were pumping Bryson up, and I think that's one reason why Bryson hit in two two straight days. He hit it really far. That they they were pumping him up, and you know he was kind of feeding off that crowds and that adrenaline and stuff. So 
This was mostly NBA All-Star talk. We got a little bit of golf and Bryce Chambeau at the Arnold Palmer. And this is it for the GOAT channel. Come check us out. We out. We are back with the GOAT quote of the day. Good decisions come from experience. Experience comes from making bad decisions. I mean, obviously, you can't learn if you don't make some bad decisions. And basically, good decisions come from learning from all your bad decisions. We're all going to make bad decisions in life. Many a times, probably. But what you can do is learn from all those bad ones and then make good ones later in life or, you know, as you grow. Um, keep learning um, so you're, you're not going to make good experiences until you make you know bad decisions to get those good experiences and good decisions so the good quote of the day good decisions come from experience experience comes from making bad decisions and we'll be right back after this break Thank you for tuning in to the Goat Channel Podcast. If you like any of this material or any other material, go to check out the YouTube and all my links. Appreciate you listening. Until next time, Goat out.